Carter, thank you for doing this. We're in your apartment in New York City and you are a medically trained physiotherapist, but why I'm particularly interested in your work is because you've wanted to go down the Eastern knowledge route and and that to me is fascinating. So I guess what what is the thing that you found was missing in your field of work and healing people, right? I mean, what did you feel like was lacking that took you to the East? Um, so a couple of things in what you just said. I have a little bit of an adversity to the word healing. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like it's used a lot now, like she's a healer or that person's a healer. And it's like, that isn't just me doing it. Like for someone to be healed, it's it's a two-part, you know, I can give mm. you foundations, but unless you're willing to participate, unless you're willing to have a look at your own your own stuff, then healing can't happen. So mm. I feel very, I, I feel uncomfortable when someone says, Carla's such a great healer, you should see Carla. Mm. It's like I, I try and re-educate the person who's then sent to me to be like, look, I can do as much as I can physically do, mm. but you're going to have to work with me. That's mm. how you're going to get better. Mm. Um, so that also then brings me into why I found there was holes in Western medicine. Um, you know, when I was trying to decide what to study, I remember looking at osteopathy, mm. physiotherapy and uh, law. Because huh. <laughs> I could really argue a point really well you know, that very academic mind that was leading me into the law aspect. Mm, mm. Then I was looking into the physiotherapy and I was like, no, 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 that's great. I can, I can use my academic note. Like I can be very academic in my practice there because it's all science-based. And then there was osteopathy that really spoke to me because it talked about this holistic model of healing or mm. well-being. Mm. So you looked, it was, it was beyond just, um, evidence-based practice, which is what physiotherapy is. You mm. know, you won't do something, you won't use a modality unless it's been scientifically proven. Right. And that really worked well for my mind at the time because I was really good at school at like, give me, you know, A plus B equals and I could do all of that stuff really well. But when it came to the lateral thinking, you know, questions in the exams, I'd always be like, oh, I'm not sure my, that that's right. I'm not going to go down that track with my answer because maybe that's not right. I had to know that the what the formula was to be right. Okay. And then as my practice developed, so as soon as I went into practicing physiotherapy, I started to see that it's not always black and white. Mm. Everybody, every patient, everybody's body is different. And I couldn't just use one fits all model. So I had to delve into like, other avenues of treating them and that wasn't things that we were taught at university mm. and so it was through that exploration that I started finding my answers in like eastern methods of of medicine you know and I was like they're so ancient they've been doing it for such a long time and it doesn't it's not necessarily like evidence-based it's not science that's that's informing their practice it's over time it's people it's the responses they're getting to their treatments that it's informing it and I was inadvertently doing that myself in my own treatments I would find something that would work with someone I'd be like oh that deviated from the books then I'd try it again with someone else but I would model it a little differently and so I kept and I'm sure most therapists do mm. Um, if you're an independent thinker, you have to because the science model doesn't fit everything. So then 
And it was also though in my own growth, like it was like I was doing more, I was doing different forms of exercise. I was doing more yoga asana. Um, and so I then started to integrate those practices into my own work, but it was only through doing it myself that I could see the correlation with my work and I could then model it to something that would fit for what the, the patient or the client was needing. Gotcha. Yeah. Really interesting. And so you felt like that's, I mean, that's the thing with uh, like even Vedic or Ayurvedic teachings, they, they call them a Vedic science, but the, it's a different type of science, right? Like it's, I like that it's trialed and tested across time and that's the, the results mm-hmm. given that way rather than our Western way of thinking, which is really attached to straight lines and logical thinking or something. Yeah, or other. because that's what most people understand. You know, like we need to be told something or there has to be a a proper formula for us to actually intellectually go, yep, 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 I get it. It's Mm. that great unknown that everyone's kind of scared of, Mm. but also curious about. But in order for us to exist in our our world, it's like I need to know Mm. factually. Mm. And so to deviate from that means you get into that tricky territory. Yes. And so I've, I've, my work is rooted in science and I always say that like my physiotherapy is the backbone of everything if I didn't have that anatomic knowledge if I hadn't have done all that study I couldn't practice the way I practice today so cool. everything else that I do is layered onto that but without like that's my base so cool so it's it's a very complete and it's, I suppose it's it, that that completeness bleeds into the style of physiotherapy which is alignment posture like it's it's one thing leads to the other to me it seems like a very intelligent understanding of how your whole anatomy works and how everything is linked i'm fascinated currently about this thing of listening to my body um when it's telling me something and having a greater greater capability to just settle down and go oh my my gut's feeling a little bit strange why is that how can i how can i remedy or how can i you know listen to that and heal it give it space to do what it needs to do I mean, what's going on there for starters? Like, and why, can't, why have we got this? I think I know why we have got the disattachment from our listening to our bodies because our mind's running us around. But what's going on on a neural scientific level between our mind-body connection? So for starters, I think you're operating on a quite a high level of consciousness. So for you to feel something doesn't feel right and how can I work with this? I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to sit through it. I'm going to work through it. Not many people are equipped to do that. Mm. You know, you've done a lot of practices that have helped you get to that point. Mm. People that I work with and majority of the population feel that what you're, what you're talking about is something emotional that you're tapping into. Then going, oh, that doesn't feel like it's a, it's a physical sensation, but it's rooted in emotions and you're oh, able to connect that. That's interesting. Yeah. But most people don't connect the emotional bit. It's just a physical ailment. My shoulder hurts. Mm. Something hurts in my hip, my ankle. Mm. And that's when they come for help. Mm. Help me because I, I, it's now inhibiting my day-to-day life. It's hurting me to walk upstairs or I can't lift the weights I want to lift. Mm. So it's only when it starts to impact their daily life mm. does that physical problem come into the eyes of, a, of an expert or into someone who can help them. Now, by the time it's got to that stage, it's pretty rooted in. Right, that that thing's been around for a while. They've they've ignored it. 
Yeah. They've ignored the, the slight sensations that they, when you, when you start to question and probe about the injury, more often than not, they'll end up being like, you know what, you're right. I, I felt that niggle two months ago, but I, I thought it would get better. And so what ends up happening is when they come to work with me, I can really only talk at the start on a physical level because that's what they understand, right? So I have to talk in a very, uh, in a language that is understood to them. However, I am seeing the layers that are going on beneath that that's mm-hmm. caused it to, to um, manifest in a, a, a niggling shoulder injury. Mm. When you said, you said something before that I wanted to comment about, about looking at the body sort of holistically. Yes, when that person comes with it, like a shoulder injury, if you look at it like a puzzle, you can, if that puzzle piece has popped out, you could just pop the puzzle piece back in. That would be me treating just the one area. But instead of looking at it like that, I look at the puzzle like, okay, I'm not just going to pop that puzzle piece back in. I'm going to rearrange the puzzle to make it fit. Because if I'm just trying to squeeze it into a spot where it keeps popping out, it's not the right spot. Mm. So in terms of the shoulder, I'm going to look wholly at the body as to why this is manifesting in a problem. Mm. So I have to rearrange the whole puzzle. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, so, because like that could be causing tension in your right hip or... Yeah, is it, everything. A, so that comes into the bit where you were like the interconnectedness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're talking purely on a physical level now, right? Yeah, yeah, so shoulders, yeah. shoulders bothering them. Well, if I look at the whole piece of the puzzle... That'll put what's, pressure on the left knee or something. Yeah, like what's going on at their left left ankle? How are they using that left side of their body? What's going on through their core? Why can't they connect with the right shoulder? Why is it causing pain in their neck? So that's looking at oh. everything on a physical level. Then connecting that to, like you said, the emotional level, every part of the body is reflective of deeper emotional layers in somebody. So I can know what's going on with that. I don't necessarily have to share that with with the person I'm working with Mm -hmm. until there's a worthy inquiry that they want to understand a little more about what's going on. If I can go there with them, I will. And a lot of the people I work with have stayed with me for a long time and it enables me to talk to them on a much deeper level about what's going on in the body. Mm. Um, And so this idea of strength... Where does, so how do we get, so when someone comes in with an injury, they want to, they want to get it better and get it stronger. And for me, strength is not in the muscles. Strength is on a deeper level. So it's the intellectual matrix inside that gives our body its structure, its integrity. And it's only through that, that the muscles on the superficial layer can become strong. So so an example for that is like if the if you've got a fear that's somehow related to the shoulder, I'll use the lungs actually as an example because I had lung troubles and I knew that was to do with grief. Um, if I rele- release the grief from my intellectual matrix then or process that, then my lungs will inevitably get more harmonious or healthy. So, yep, your lungs will if you're able to work through whatever emotions there were. And that can be a number of ways. You can do it like you said. You just sit with it yourself. You go through the layers of processing it. But as I said, you're quite a capable individual. Some people don't have that ability. So that's where my hands come into play. (laughs) So if I can treat somebody on the level of their physical injury, Mm. you know, just by working through that, it's releasing the Mm. tension at Mm. deeper layers. It's allowing them to breathe into it. And as usually most of the time when you're 
working on something, they just spontaneously start to tell you things. <laughs> and so you're the best therapists I know are great listeners. Right. You listen because that is the release. That is the healing. It's not me. Wow. I'm doing some of it, but the rest is coming from them. Right. So, yes, you would release like tensions in the matrix, like you'd say. Um, but by releasing through that lung, you actually open your heart because they're layered and like different parts of the body mother another part. So if you open up the lung, you st- if you release through the lung, whatever tension you had there, you're going to open your heart. Mm. So, you know, this is where the yoga asana started to play into how I could see my work as a physical therapist. So, you know, in postures in yoga, they, they'll say, open your heart, lift up through the chest. Mm. That's all good and well to say, but if someone doesn't have the framework of how to, how do you do that? Mm. You know, the heart's a very vulnerable space. Mm. So for someone to, to ask someone to directly open that is very hard. Mm. Yet if you get someone to open a lung through a back bend, through a stretch, if you get someone to wring out their kidneys through a twist, mm. then that heart space starts to open, but we haven't gone directly to your vulnerability. We've worked above and below and around to create space for you to fall into it. Right. So when I'm treating someone, there's the physical component. You know, you've come in with your shoulder or lung. I mean, they can both be related. Yeah. And I'll do my manual work around there. I'll release muscularly what I need to through the fascia. Yeah. I'll stretch things. Then after that, movement. So there's always movement is a component of treatment. No treatment is complete unless I've moved somebody. And so then through my movement, which would just be like popping down a yoga mat, I'm specifically choosing movements that are relating to the deeper emotional layers that need to be opened. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with my hands, I'm working on that, let's say more of a superficial physical layer. Mm. Then when I'm moving them, the person just thinks that we're going through a series of movements, but they, they don't necessarily, and they don't need to understand the logic behind why I've chosen specific movements. So there's going to be weaknesses in the chain. There's going to be, there's going to be um, compensatory movement patterns that have created, you know, with your, let's say your lung problem, you might have had an over, overworked shoulder area to compensate for a, a lack of strength through that mid part of your body because that's where you're holding tension. Mm. So in the movement, I'm going to target your weak areas per se and get you to open up other areas that will just allow you to flow in movement. Mm. And all of that comes, as you were saying, that alignment. So it's not, it's not, it's working the body as a whole, not just going, okay, that lung needs to be opened. I just need to stretch that side. It's not, it's always for two hands, two feet, get into your core. Then we can open the lung. Then we can release through the chest. So interesting. I'm fascinated because I don't always know the person to go to for problems that pop up in me. So for example, like for the last two years, I randomly get like lower back, wake up with lower back pain. And I'm not sure if it was my kidney. I'm pretty sure I saw an osteo and they're like, I don't think it's your kidney. It's probably your lower back. Um, just tension there, and which is related to my stiff hips as well. And so I've been doing loads of squatting to alleviate, physically alleviate the tension that's there. And the, I feel very basic in my remedies. Like I'm not doing all the other connectivity like parts as well. But but that as, using that as an example, mo- loosening up my hips and opening up my hips through squats m- makes makes me feel more 
loose in general, you know, like in my thinking. And it's fascinating to experience that firsthand and fascinating to know that there's direct links, like you physically moving someone's muscles, links to their mind and physically loose or how brain wise. So you're freeing the mind by using the body. We can access the mind through the physical body. Right. right, and it's very it's very hard to train the mind. People will find that one like if you ask people to meditate, that's like, oh, that's hard. I can't sit still for twenty minutes to do yeah. that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ultimately, all my people are meditators and movers. Right. But you know that meditation component often comes after the fact, whereas if I can move them, I'm gaining access to the mind through the movement. And like you've you've expressed, you feel like a release up there, like a bit of ah. Uh, yeah. And that's one thing. All my people, when they leave a session with me, say, "I just I feel taller. I feel I just I feel better." Mm. And what they're feeling better about is this connection. You've connected your deeper sense of self with mm. you, you're connecting into the, your mind through mm. your sense of self, which comes from your your strength in your body. Mm. Mm. When I say that. It does. Like when, when I've done a bunch of squats, my, my, my thighs are stronger. I walk taller and my, my back uh, supports my back somehow. <laughs> yeah. So why I went mm, is because I went down another track by saying <laughs> that your sense of self comes from your strength. What that means is your lower half of your body is your stability. And that is, if we look at your, the, the root of yourself lies in in your like we could talk about your your chakras yep. that root chakra down there your reproductive organs your sense of self all of the things for survival live there live in the lower part of the body mm. and that's what we can connect with as our sense of self is that that's mm. what we know there are that's our primitive aspect of us mm. and so through a grounded base is how we then align the higher centers of us Right. So that's what I mean by your strength comes from 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 that. That first. Yes. It doesn't go the other way down from you. No. Yeah. No. And so that's the bit I'm working on. If I can get someone centered, if I can get them anchored in their base, in their lower limbs, in their 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 uh their root, mm. then I can work the rest. And and usually it's like a um uh, what do you call it? It's like a domino effect. Once you've got that first one in, da, 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 the rest is much easier. Mm. Um, and so we can look at that from a postural perspective. So part of treatment in, in whatever injury anyone's coming in is me assessing their posture and correcting their posture. Because in that is that alignment that, that you're talking about. Right. You physically hold your chakra alignment. Yeah. So, okay. If we're going to talk on a, so every chakra relates to a gland. So I think you and I have had this chat that there is a physical gland that sits where you see each spinning wheel of those chakras. And so, you know, when we're talking in the science model, chakras don't exist. So (laughs) that we would talk about glands and the glands secrete hormones that are messengers, chemical messengers to get the to get to organs to this tell is, the organs what to do. This is great to be able to have the marriage between the science uh-huh. and the spirit and be able to go right. Let's if you don't want to talk chakras, talk glands because they're doing the same thing. I love that. 
Well, you need to be able to flip between the two because, as I said, everybody's different. Yeah. So there are some people who are just very airy and just want to know the spiritual side. It's not that's not the majority though mm-hmm. and then there's others that just need real facts mm-hmm. and these are the facts but you can see what I love is from the vantage point that I practice from now mm-hmm. I can see them both amazing. and I just see greater connections between the two amazing but it was only through great teachers that I was able to see that so I remember it was only when I moved to New York when I start, I found a teacher and she was just so brilliant she spoke to every little hole that I that I was playing with but couldn't feel because no one had taught me a, a tangible way to understand it. Right. And this woman had it. And I just practiced with her and practiced with her and practiced with her because it was like I needed to know this because it, it substantiated my work, my personal practice. And through that, I was able to deliver it to, to my people. And it just gives them a, a more holistic feeling of healing. Like they understand the layers that are required to get better. It's beyond the physical. Mm. There's always an emotional element. So, you know, you with Mm. with your back, Mm. you've got to look at when does it get aggravated? You know, is there a specific time of year that that's happening and what's happening at that time of year? Mm. And, you know, you speak about through that, that hip area, that is the connection of from your being and your doing the hips. So, you know, the hip muscle the psoas everyone talks about, you've got to either stretch it or strengthen it is a common thing in any of everyone's exercise programs. The hip flexor is the one muscle that attaches the lower part of the body to the upper part of the body. Only muscle in the body that does that. Hmm. And so like we spoke about before, the lower limbs is like the primitive aspect of you. That's your being. Then the upper part of your body is your doing. Your hands is how you do things every day. You think, you move. Mm. And so this is the one thing that connects your being and your doing. And now if you are having trouble in your everyday life with moving forward in something, you know, when you know when you know something, but you you're you're tussling with what you know and you're yeah. trying to find another solution that makes more sense and it's deviating from what you actually know. And so what's the word I'm trying to look for here? This is some sort of a disconnect or... Yeah, there's a yeah. disconnect when you can't... Um, what's the word? You can't do from a place of being or... You um, can't do from a place... You can't be from a place of doing. Right. But I think you can do from a place of being. But now we're getting very... <laughs> that screwed my head <laughs> But the word I'm, I'm trying to... Is that that linking bit, if, you're, if, if there's a disconnect, mm. you're going to feel that. Mm. And what I'll see in your body through movement is the position where you've distributed weight on your foot is going to tell me where you're at. So... That's always the first place I'll start when I'm training somebody is their feet, Mm. connecting their feet to the ground, Mm. grounding them in being, getting their root, substantiating their base, getting their strength from their feet because that sets up our base. Now, when I'm saying we can see where you're at, if your weight is too far back through your heels, that's your past. Very heavy on the backside of your body. And a lot of people live there in those heels. They can't move forward in life. Then people on their toes that walk around more anxious, too far in the future. Mm. So there's the past, there's the present, and there's the future. And you can see that through the foot. The arch of the foot, the middle of the foot 
is the present. Not many people know how to distribute their weight so that they're sitting in the present moment. Wow. So when we find that, that automatically corrects where the hip is at. So what you're talking about with your back pain and that whatever you're feeling in your hips, what you're feeling in your hips by virtue of what's going on in your back is either probably that your hips are too tight or, well, too tight because they're lengthened too much or they're shortened too much. Probably shortened. So if they're shortened, you're sitting back in your heels in your past. That will Mm. cause a shortening, a tilt of the pelvis to shorten your hip flexor. Mm. So if I then could talk you through the map of your foot and get you to stand in, in distribute your weight correctly through your foot, we're going to get you in the present moment and we're going to have shifted your pelvic position, if only subtly. Mm. And then we can layer up the chain to see where the shoulders are, to see where the neck is. So someone with the shoulder injury, I'm always going to go with the foot first because that is probably, exactly. Always start with the root. So, when you have that, and so when we're talking about before that, that intellectual matrix inside, that's the structure that's giving us our strength. The muscles aren't doing it. Mm. It's the structure inside. So that's why you've got to get the body positioned properly to make that matrix in the perfect, the, have that matrix perfectly aligned for your strength. But your, but your therapy or your physical movement on the muscles somehow softens the intellectual matrix, right? You can affect that somewhat can't you because you say people start to talk as you you know open up about their intellectual ongoings yes but that's happening through yes yeah you're exactly right we can affect that matrix through physical touch on the outside and also through movement patterns Mm. because it's just getting out the kinks in the chain Mm. you know that allows them to release whatever needs to be released. That mm. release may come out verbally, may not at all. It just may be through me m- releasing the muscle. See, what I love about this conversation and it's something that I've, I, I feel really strongly is my impressions or impressions that we receive over the years stored in our anatomy, like physical bullying or a bad look or something really extreme. The energy of that impression, that stress impression or the karma or whatever you want to call that thing that we receive is stored in a part of our physical body. <laughs> and um, that's my experience of it, at least. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that you got this kind of map of that, particularly mm-hmm. in this specific area, because I know we, I know there's Eastern teachings that talk about like even reflexology and every part of your foot's connected to different organs and such. Mm-hmm. There'll be probably elements of that in your work as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Having what feels to me like a very complete intelligent map of what your body is and is doing and how to alleviate, align it, harmonize it, get it more in harmony with itself is well needed, isn't it? Because I think there's so much ignoring of, and that's a hence disease, right? It's a disease of, of, yeah, of something in your body. Mm-hmm. Disease, yeah. disease, mm. disease, mm. ease is not there. There's pain. Body's not in harmony. Mm. Disease comes from disharmony. Mm. So what, what's what's the process that you advise for people out there? That are, is it just to sit still for a moment and listen to what your body's telling you? Because I, I think that has been for me a big lesson in 
what, what is my body telling me? What's my body? I bet my body's so smart. Mm. <laughs> it's so intelligent and it's got information to tell us. You know? Yeah. And we can choose to ignore it or choose to listen to it. And so the first thing is increasing your awareness of your body. And so, yes, you're speaking very maturely to say to, to sit with it. A lot of people can't do that. So go see somebody to get massaged on, get mm. yourself massaged at least or something because then you'll, you'll identify areas that feel tight, mm. restricted, or basically it's like that sore when the therapist touches that point. Mm. So then you're going to be like, oh, okay, that bit there's a problem with because you, you may not have the capabilities just by sitting there to actually feel into those bits of restriction. Whereas when somebody's physically touching your body, you can go, ow, that bit was ow. <laughs> so what's there? That brings your attention to that. So then if your awareness is there of an area of your body where there's discomfort, you can bring your attention to it. And the only way we are able to change what's going on in, in any situation beyond the body as well is bringing our attention to it. Right. Can we heal ourselves with our own chi? <laughs> that's yeah. That's I was wondering about the other uh-huh. day. Absolutely. I've been through this thing of feeling like my right arm, my right palm is where I can export energy out and my left is where I receive energy. And I... Th- I, I just intuitively the other day after meditating had this kind of cramp in my there just below my left rib and I felt just put my left palm on it and I felt like I was pulling or pulling the discomfort or the, the tension out of it. My intellect was like, put your right arm on it, send it good energy. But my intuition was like, just just hold your left palm on it. And it, I felt like disease or the dis-ease in that area just started to alleviate start to get pulled out i don't know if that's a real thing i mean it worked in that little moment of slight di- discomfort it wasn't uh, no doubt anything massive or profound but i just wondered if there's anything more in that whole area of how we can self look after ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't want to say heal <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well look at the process that you did you had awareness of discomfort mm. then you placed your attention on it Mm. you were able then to tap into your intuition, which what you're actually, the left side of your body is our, is, is our loving side, is our mothering side, is the, the feminine, is how we came into the world. And you chose that hand to be there. Mm. The right hand is how, is, is the masculine, is how we go out into the world. Right, so that's your right energy out. Mm. That's the energy out. You want to bring the energy in from, and so intuitively you you knew what to do. Mm. But you know, really, how did that happen? By virtue of your attention, your awareness, your connection. Mm. Mm. So that is part of my treatment process with someone is awareness first and foremost. And like I said, I usually work with that from the feet, from the ground up. Mm. So your awareness connection you must connect in to what we're talking about you must connect with the body the feelings of it Mm. then activation so you know you you activated through boom putting the hand on so i can get someone to activate a muscle Mm. however you choose and then control how to control it right there's like a dial because you can activate a muscle and just send it into like ripe spasm, hmm. right? Or you could dial it back a little and, and, and activate with a little bit more control. Mm. And so what you did was a perfect process. You were aware, 
You placed your attention on it. You connected. Mm. You activated whatever you needed to to remove. And Mm. then you dialed the control as to how much you needed. And mm. how much you didn't. Mm. And all of this just happened so naturally. spontaneously. That, and that's what I'm in awe at when these things happen and how when I just listen to my body, it already knows what to do. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing I find is letting go of my idea of what I think it needs, what needs to happen. So this thing of has been amazing me more recently of like my body is so smart it knows exactly what it needs to do i just need to get better at listening to it mm-hmm. you know it knows do this do this do this and you will fix yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you and it tells you when you're not doing the right thing that's what the yeah. pain pain is what is pain right yeah it's like your body going hey hello pay attention mm. you're doing something that's not right and i'm telling you about it draws your attention to it mm. And so, you know, I just act as a guide. You intuitively know, and there's your signs, and I'm just the one trying to connect the two for you. What do you know and what do you feel? Mm. And I provide a framework from Western medicine, from Eastern medicine, to tie the two together. So ultimately, now you can see why my problem with the word healing is because I'm not doing the healing. Yeah. I'm facilitating. Yeah, beautiful, powerful. <laughs> but that roadmap is everything because I think yes. once you have that framework of understanding, even for like an example of depression, knowing that it was a chemical imbalance going on that was sustaining this darkness. And so if I, if I want to recalibrate that chemical, it's just a simple thing that I need to get more serotonin production going on in my brain. So I need to eat particular foods. I need to eat certain things to kick that into gear. There's something so helpful about knowing the practical science or logic of... Yeah, you need to be educated. Yeah, I need to be educated. Exactly. Yeah, and we're, mm-hmm. rare, we, I don't, we're, we're not educated. Nope. <laughs> like There isn't the standard thing that children go through in school where they educate you in a complete holistic fashion about the nature of our body Correct. and looking after it source of great frustration for me that we all know Pythagoras' theorem yet we don't understand our own body it gives a fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean like the practical elements of and I've just had a baby so the whole birth experience even in the, pra- the field that I'm in I'm in the medical field I didn't know half the things that I learned through the birth experience mm. and it was I needed the education I needed the knowledge for that pathway for me to be able to birth in the most harmonious way possible. And so my the job that I do with mm. my patients or with my clients is education first and foremost. And I'll tell them, it's not like I just do the things and, and be like, okay, that made you better. I, I give them the roadmap. I don't want it to be a secret. You need to know it to be empowered in your own yeah. healing. And that's what it is. Education mm. to lead to somebody's own empowerment so that they don't need me. Mm. They still mm-hmm. want to see me because I'm nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the facilitation is a is a continuum. Uh huh. Yeah, because it's because like, it constantly evolves. Yeah, yeah. Your body constantly evolves. Your relationship to your body constantly evolves. Mm. And so that's the beautiful thing about when I stay working with someone for a long period of time, they're not coming with acute injuries. They're being more proactive in their in their treatment than reactive Mm. so instead of just coming when something hurts they're constantly working with me so we're just adjusting whatever needs to be adjusted along the way and then building their training Mm. program your body mechanic yes mind and body mechanic i like that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) any other techniques that we people just at home right now could do if they feel like they need to connect to their root yeah 
So what you were just talking about, that's earthing, earthing right? Yeah, Where you'd yeah. put your feet into the earth <laughs> and you connect to the source. But let's talk about it in a real tangible way. Let's talk about it in a way that, and, and a way that actually gives you a, let's give people t- a tool. Mm. So if you stand up, I'd love you to do it, but it's hard. I do. Oh yeah? Okay. All right. First and foremost, unlock your knees. So stand with your, your feet hip width apart and just relax Listen into it. Nice. I want you to unlock your knees. Yes, you keep them a slight bend hmm. because basically when we talk about energy in the body, anytime we lock out a joint, we, we prevent the flow of energy. Hmm. So we're always moving from a nice soft joint here. So the knees are slightly bent. Now I want you to just rock back onto your heels and then move forward through to your toes. Okay, and just feel that. Again, back to your heels. Feel how you feel heavy on the back side of your body. Mm. Hamstrings, your back takes more weight. And then forward, you're on mm. your toes. You feel like, oh, I'm going to fall forward. Mm. That's that anxious kind of too far in the future. Can't do anything about the future. You have to be in the present moment to actually take control of the future. You can't do anything about sticking in the past. It's not no good if you stay rooted mm. in the past. Mm. So now what I want you to do is find halfway between the heels and the big toes so that you're somewhere in the middle. Beautiful. Now I'm going to give you a little map of your foot. Mm. Now this is from that teacher I was telling you about who I met in New York at Katona Yoga and she's just so brilliant in the way that she brings in Eastern medicine. Uh, or not Eastern medicine when she's doing yoga, but her her knowledge of the, the Eastern way. Mm. She's the one who, who plugged every hole for me. Mm. So I want you to place weight through your heels. Push down through the heels. Good. Now, As in shift back or just... Yeah. Yeah. Now keep the weight there and now push down through the ball of your big toes. So now you've got the heel pushing down and the ball of your big toes. Yep. Do I shift my weight forward again or just... No, you're keeping it from the heel. Gotcha. And that you just every point I tell you now, you're going to keep weight on there. Okay. Now add on another one, which is the middle of your outside foot. So push down to the middle of your outside foot. You've still got the heel pushing down and the ball of the big toe. Yeah. Right? You need to push more on the ball of the big toe on your right foot. Right, right foot, I need to kiss. Yes, the there. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So we've got heel, ball of the big toe, middle of the outside foot. Sorry, can I, my legs are feeling like they're tensing all around. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Yeah. You'll, you'll see why in a sec. Mm. But make sure it's, the, it's the, the, this part of your foot, the ball here. Push down on that here. Oh, the, oh sorry. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing the outside. Yeah. And now the middle of the outside foot is another one of it. Okay. Good. There you go. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It feels there like it's going go. like flat like paper. Yes. So there's your triangle. Heel, base of the big toe, middle of the outside foot. Yeah. Three most important parts. And you should already feel what that's doing to your pelvic area. Yeah, tense in it. Yeah, there's I a bit of a energy. energy coming mm. up through mm. there. Mm. Then I want you to move to the push through the base of your pinky toe. Keep every other point. Push Good. through the base. Yep. Yeah. Now push through the middle of your foot. Yes, keep every other spot. Oh, yeah, it's hard to keep every other spot. Heel, ball of the big toe, middle of your outside foot, underneath the pinky. Yeah, you're really Middle pushed. of the foot. Now I want you inner heels, push down and draw them towards each other. Good. <laughs> now lift up through the arch of the foot. 
That, yes, lift up through the arch of the foot and feel that lift up through your inner thigh. Oh, it took all the tension away on my legs. Yes. Then go from that spot all the way around to the outer edge of your ankles. So push onto the outer edge a little bit. Beautiful. Then come underneath the base of the foot and through the second and third toe. And now just feel where your body's at. That map of the foot gives you your stable foundation. I f- yeah, I, f- I feel like I plugged in every aspect of my foot into the earth. Yes. But I, I was feeling r- at different parts, like real strong tension in different areas of my thighs, like my yes. hips, my outer hips, my inner thighs. Yes. And- because they are all of the muscles, they're the support structures you actually need to hold your strong base. They're mm. your core. They're part of your core. Mm. And they are, once you have them, we're able to connect to the upper body. Mm. So the ones where you felt it is probably ones that are a bit dormant. Yes. You're not using them. Yeah, and it is. So that's what I mean by once we do that map of the foot, I can actually see where your greatest weakness is. I can see, oh, he doesn't use that muscle. He doesn't live on that side of his foot. Where is he? What, what does that tell wow. me on a deeper level? Yeah. But this, what we just did then with your feet, you apply that to every move. So when you're doing your squats... When you're doing your lunges, think about where your foot is. So interesting. And you see, I've never even thought about the different aspects of my foot and how they press on the ground. And that moment where I, when they everything connected and my foot went flat felt really good. Just interesting. I haven't really f- had that kind of experience before. And your foot, for all the listeners, wasn't completely flat. You had a lift through your arch. <laughs> You were. It felt, good. It felt, it, it felt flat. flat. Yeah, but I wanted to draw that to your attention because I don't want people thinking that they're yeah. trying to get a flat foot. Right. When we called the points, where you felt flat mm. was actually where you were. You were in the middle of your foot. Right. Which is the present moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And it's a rare moment to be in. <laughs> we mm. often are thinking too much of what's been happening in the past or where we're going, as opposed to just being right here, right now. It's a wicked procedure because even the beginning part, just to, it was like a calibration of what it feels like to be in the future or in the past. Mm-hmm. And just by tilting forward and backwards, you can physically feel yourself a bit anxious about the future when you're leaning forward mm-hmm. and then a bit depressed about the past when you're leaning back mm-hmm. and then how it feels. Heavy, heavy, a bit right? heavy Yeah, yep. heavy. And it's amazing just by cal- using your body as a calibrating tool, you can experience those emotions. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and so, the, you know, the different parts of the back that I treat, someone's upper back is, is very rounded and that's really stiff. Mm. That's their past. Mm. But if it's their lower back that's really stiff and achy, that's usually because they're hanging too far forward on their hips that the lower back has then gone into a shortened state. And so mm. feel that when you lean forward a little on your toes, see how you have to strain through the front of your hips to hold you there mm. and your lower back goes into this tension. Mm. So a lot of low back pain is, is because of this thinking about the future, stressing about the future. Right. Yes. Very true. Upper back is, is because they're stuck in something that happened in the past. Right. So all of it, but you know, I, I can't look at them in isolation I look at the lower back and then I'll look at the feet, then I'll look at the shoulder and all of it together tells me the story. No one part alone tells me what's going on. So it's again back to that puzzle piece. We can't just mm. go, okay, the back needs fixing, look at one bit. It's the whole body. Mm. 
It's rearranging the whole puzzle. It's so interesting. It's so cool, huh? It's so cool to directly experience it firsthand, like feeling future, feeling past, feeling present, just by role. Anyone can do that right now Mm -hmm. and have a direct experience of what it's like with your body being in the future, being in the past, being in the present. Maybe not everyone will feel it. I feel I'm no, pretty you, sensitive to this yes, shit. Yes, <laughs> you're, you're sensitive, but everybody can feel what it feels like to almost topple forward yeah. and what it feels like to be stuck at the back of the heels. I mean, it's a great litmus you're dumb, test. dumb if you can't. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can feel that bit at yeah, least. Yeah, true, true. You know? yeah. And then there's that bit where you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, that feels nice. Mm. What, where am I now? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, you can feel it and, and it's... That's a great direct experience of the evidence of our mind, psyche, spirit being linked to our physical body. It's a great, it's a great firsthand Yeah, it's experience. a nice easy one to experience. Is there any other things like that? Any little techniques like that? Or that's a big one because it's to do with that's earth the, That's the easiest grounding. one, I think, because it, it relates to something that you, it's the feet to the earth, you feel that. It's very easy to feel. We can do it at every level, every we can joint in the body. Mm. We can do it at the pelvis, which is central part. But that's much harder to decipher on someone who's not so body aware. Mm. You can do it with the neck, but, you know, the feet is the best way to do it right. because it really then sets up the rest of your frame. And what, what, what do you feel? Do you feel like you're pretty in optimum state as a body because you're so aware of all these things? Yes, but I'm sure if somebody looked at my body, they would find things to do on it. (laughs) And, and, you know, you always, we always think we're operating in in an ultimate state, Mm. an optimal state. And then you get a really good teacher that shows you that you weren't quite, you know, there's always room for improvement. I know there's heaps of things I can do. Mm. Quite often I'll go into work with someone and they're like, my body's great today. Like I'm feeling good. Let's just get into the movement. Mm. And then I'll look and I'll touch and they'll be like, oh God, I didn't know that was happening. So again, it's kind of that we've normalized an ignorance Mm. to some degree. So even though we think we're optimal, we're, can be ignoring what we don't really want to look at. Mm. So that can, can be on both the physical plane and emotional. To just kind of wrap, what what drew you to this kind of work in the first place and what is it about the work that you you love? I love being able to help someone feel great. Hmm. I love being able to help someone look at something they weren't able to look at. That's mm. what I love. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, that, you that, don't want to admit it, but you're a healer. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling I feel when someone's just like, I feel so much better. Yeah. So it's like, ah, good. And then I can go off onto the day and feel good. Like I helped someone. Um, and what drew me to it was... I was just, well, I, I sort of came into physiotherapy as, as most physiotherapists do. You, you love sport and you're really academic and you're trying to marry the two somehow. And um, mm. I had a brother that was a professional Aussie rules footballer. Mm. And I was always watching and emulating whatever he was doing because it was at the, you know, cutting edge of sports science technology at the time. And he would... You know, he was meditating very early. He was doing clinical Pilates 
when it just wasn't cool for guys to do Pilates. <laughs> and, um, and so I just would go and meet the people that he was learning from. Mm. And the one that uh, resonated the most for me was his clinical Pilates teacher, who was also a physiotherapist, Craig Phillips in Australia. And I just loved what he was doing. I was like, oh, he's like doing the, the medical stuff, but then he's like training them with smart movement. Like I was like, that's just so cool. Um, Cause I didn't want to just be a trainer. Like I was like, I know too much. I know more and I can help in a deeper way. So it was really, I think that I got to work with lots of different um, sports professionals at his football club, the sports scientist, sports dietitian. Um, and the one that spoke the most to me was the sports physiotherapy. Mm. So that's how I got into it. Mm. And and then it was just through the own evolution of my personal movement practice. Like I went from being like just running miles and miles a day, then doing like really hard ass, high intensity interval training. And then it got to a point where I was like, no, this doesn't feel good for my body. And so as my personal movement practice evolved, mm. it 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 then informed my my profession mm, mm. so really what i live is 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 my is the same as what i do in my work like they're just so intertwined and so as long as i continue continue to evolve spiritually mm. my physical work will evolve so it's safe to say i'll keep evolving <laughs> till the day i die <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yes. Especially because I married a meditation teacher. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in the right pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for having me in your home and for just ex what's, uh, spelling out all this knowledge because I think it's really, really important for people to understand, better understand their body, be, be edu better be, be better educated on the nature of what it is to have a human body in your responsibility and how to listen to it and how to heal it and how to fix it um, from the whole spectrum of our understanding of things. Because like any scientist, the one that can witness both ends of the spectrum from the middle is the, the best scientist. The one that gets rigidly attached to just the logic is is missing out the full equation and is crippling them. Or like, it's a flawed flawed outlook mm -hmm. so congratulations on finding the whole spectrum in yeah. in this work thanks <laughs> thanks for having a podcast thanks for coming in new york yeah, yeah. much love thank you much love